You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. In this episode, Roxana Mehran delves into mitral valve hot topics with Suzanne Arnold and Cyball Carr. We're live with uh, Rock's Heart Radio. What do you think about that? I'm wow. so excited I have these amazing guests. Saibal Carr, an old friend, a dear colleague, incredible researcher, incredible clinician. Welcome. So wow. thank you for being here. We're very, very excited to have uh, uh, Suzanne Arnold here, who's an incredible clinician, interventionalist. Um, oh, I'm not an interventionalist. You're not an interventionalist. But Suzanne yeah. Barron Suzanne is. Barron is an interventionalist. But you're an amazing researcher. <laughs> she you. works That's at great. Mid-America Heart Institute doing a lot of the quality outcomes. Yeah, she did a great job. Great yeah, job. You. We're still living off the excitement off of the mitral clip and mitral valve disease. I mean, I think the, the co-op study really, really kind of sent the ball out of the bar, ballpark. Um, I play think baseball? so. Do you understand baseball, Cyborg? I do. Okay, just want to make sure. It that definitely I'm speaking hit without. It really, it didn't hit any posts. It just went all the way out. I mean, every endpoint positive, functional MR, tough patients. But then we're still having this struggle of the mitral FR and why, why did, why did the French people didn't get the same results as the, as the. Uh, well, the French people make good wines. Yeah, <laughs> they certainly do. But but I think it's important to note that they also yes. did good work, but that their patient population was right. different. Yes. So Suzanne, what what do you what do you make of their patient population versus co-apt? Uh, you know, Cyball is conflicted because he's like a major co-apt <laughs> investigator. But you, as an outsider, as somebody who looks into these trials, what uh, do you think about that? I mean, I think that you know, the, the, there's been a number of, of things that have come out. You know, I think that the the one the, the mitral regurgitation was probably not as severe. Um, that there was more of an issue with the ventricle as opposed to the valve. And, and you know, if you are trying to fix the valve, you want the valve to be a big problem and not just the ventricle. Um, and then I think the the amount of medical therapy that was used in, in coapt and the CRT um, that was used prior to intervention, randomization, right? That that I think was key uh, such that you know even though they had had all of this intervention or all of this treatment um, they still had you know three to four plus MR. Yeah and, and so then I think they had this thing of no crossover in the first year so they couldn't really muddy the water at all they right. really wanted to see a clear-cut answer uh, for the for the trial so it was pretty incredible and life-changing. But I think in the quad uh, was even worse we had a crossover at two years. Yeah. So they had a crossover at one year, but we had a crossover at two years. So I think there more, there's a more, little bit more than that. I think uh, what I find very sad is, because since Suzanne's around, is they didn't collect the quality of life data. Quality of life, massively important. Yes, and it possibly could be that even though there wasn't a mm -hmm. difference in mortality for heart failure, they could have probably had some changes in well, quality of life. Well, if we talk about the quality of life uh, study now, we can't air this live. But I'm ready not to air this live because I think this is such an important piece of everything that we possibly do. The radio show wouldn't be fun if we didn't talk about quality of life. So, Suzanne, tell us, what did you find in the quality of life and why is that so important endpoint? I mean, one, it's important because patients care about it. I mean, that when you have people who are are symptomatic, highly symptomatic on a daily basis, um, they will often say that is the most important thing to them. They, they want a treatment that's going to make them feel better. Um, 
and survival's there, and then they, people generally want to live longer, but if they live longer with the same amount of symptoms and functional limitations that they have, it's not worth it. Um, so, so quality of life is incredibly important. And you know, what we saw in COAPT uh, was that the, the patients who were treated with, uh, with MitraClip had a very rapid improvement in their quality of life. Um, by one month, all of the quality of life benefit was there. So you don't have to wait one to two years for a mortality signal. Um, people are feeling better very, very quickly. And I think that, that you know, the issue with, with MitraFR is that the, they really didn't collect quality of life data uh, enough to be able to analyze it. Um, so we're gonna have to wait for kind of real world data like from TVT, which is gonna be incredibly important to understand how generalizable the health status uh, outcomes that we saw in COAPTOR are going to be um, when we move outside of the, you know, the, the strict inclusion exclusion criteria of COAPT. Well, some people will say, well, this wasn't a sham procedure. It was an open, open label procedure. So yes. the doctor said, yeah, I fixed you, dear. Your valve right. is fixed. You're going to be great after right. all these months. You got the lucky coin. You got the golden chocolate. <laughs> You're right. going to the chocolate factory. Um, doesn't that make right. people feel better? I, I think that, that the concern of a placebo effect is, is absolutely real, particularly when there's any patient-reported measure. Um, we know that. We've, we've seen it in angina. Any time um, you do something to somebody, you give somebody a new treatment, a, a new drug, they're going to feel better, right? But the thing that, that we saw in COEPT that we feel pretty comfortable with was, um, was one, the, the consistency with the clinical results. So, you know, we were reducing heart failure hospitalizations, uh, we were reducing um, mortality, and improving quality of life. So we don't, if you only saw a quality of life benefit, I think right. that you could make an argument that it, that, you know, that placebo effect is there. The other thing that, that um, I think is important is one, the magnitude of benefit, and the durability of the benefit. Durability, I And think so that's... placebo effects, you would expect to kind of wane over time. Um, it, you know, we don't know that for sure, but, but you would expect that, and, and we didn't see that in COAPT. Well, it's tremendously important. So how are you treating, I mean, are you like actually going through the, the pathway of everything you possibly can do for the patients who show up with severe functional MR and heart failure, and then putting a clip in or are you just doing both of them at the same time? How are you, what are you doing? Well, realistically now I'm actually first Because it's been approved now, right? Yes, I yes, heard that. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> yes, finally, after yeah, eight years. it's amazing. Um, what I do is that at first when the patients come to me and they have MR and they have LV dysfunction, I always make sure that they go and see the heart failure specialist, okay? And the reason why is I want to make sure that they're an optimal medical treatment. They don't have to be completely optimized over the next three months in real life but at least they should be in the right medications, okay? The second thing that I make sure that they are uvolemic at the time of assessment mm -hmm. of echo, because if they're not uvolemic, then your MR, the MR parameters are here. not. So if they're dry and then if you look at the echo and the MR is significant, those then are the Then you're gonna make a benefit. That's right, and so as Suzanne said, that if you don't have a lot of MR in a uvolemic state, you're not gonna make a difference. And what we found clearly is that as soon as you reduce the MR, the LA pressure comes down that translates into reduced hospitalization of heart failure, mm -hmm. and that uh, translates into better quality of life. Mm -hmm. And re re recurrent hospitalizations of heart failure usually translates into mortality. Yeah. And that's why we saw that the mortality started showing a difference when it was eight or nine months. That's right. But the heart failure admissions and quality of life improved within a month, which was because of the pressure pressure yeah. state. So really, really important. But, so, but we're on the radio show, so it's not just all 
science. Right. You know that. So exactly. So, so I can you tell like you jazz about stories. music? Jazz music? You like jazz? Yes. Suzanne? Uh, uh, um, no, uh, uh, no, it doesn't sound like you're really uh, into it. Yeah. What, what do you like? What do you like to listen to? Oh my goodness. Um, almost anything uh, except modern country. Oh. Um, and, and jazz is just. Eh. Right. Wow. But interesting. Do you do you play a musical instrument? Not well. Uh, did Not you, well. did, you, did grew, your parents make you? I grew up pl uh, playing the piano, and I really liked it. Um, but then I got too much into sports, and you know, you, oh, can't, what sport? you can't do everything. What sport? Uh, well, I grew up playing soccer and basketball. Oh, um, and I still play soccer quite a bit, actually. Do you? Yep. Wow. Um, and then I you wrote have kids, right? I have, have two stepkids. Two stepkids, and and you yep. play with them? And um, the the oldest is a junior in high school, and he plays soccer, and oh. so we will often go out and play together. Oh, and great. one time we played in a you know a co-ed pickup on the same team which was oh my gosh it was so much fun that's great well i don't think i'm gonna find you on a soccer field <laughs> no. uh, cyball but you like jazz music i, think. I do like jazz you music. like jazz yeah. music you listen to a lot of that i know i don't listen to a lot of it but i do like jazz music of yeah course. but i mean of course in the hollywood hills <laughs> there's not much great jazz i'm sorry no i know that but i know that's why you got away to come here to new orleans to listen to, to some jazz, jazz. Music. yeah well it's good to learn a little bit more about you guys um and uh wonderful to have both of you here thank you for coming to on to rocks heart radio I, I love having you both and i hope you'll come back again well i just want to end something about my trip since it was my passion for eight years yeah i don't know many years i wrote an uh, editorial and it said my clip adds life to years life to years and now i can say that it's life to years and years to life years to life life to years really important the quality of life congratulations to both of you you know, you're making an important difference in, in the health outcomes of our patients. And, but much more important is that you're making the quality of their life better. That's so, so important. And Suzanne, thank you for showing that so beautifully in your paper. Congratulations. Congratulations to both thank of you. you. And please come back again yeah. for oh, a good thank conversation. Yeah, thanks for having um, us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank you, Roxana. Okay, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Rock's Heart Radio.